What's up, everything? Darren Pang is departing the St. Louis Blues after 14 seasons, and holy jumpin', our hearts are broken. We'll memorialize his time with the Blues, and why wouldn't you? And then we'll talk about how Vegas has given Florida the old nine of hearts through two games. Plus, we'll touch on Ian's trip to a mystical faraway land known as Chicago. Maybe he and Darren will both be there one day. Let's hope not. It's a lot to cover, so let's get started, and let's go Blues. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome to the Two Guys One Cup podcast. It is Thursday, the eighth of June, and we are reunited um, to discuss many things. Uh, I feel like I'm in a somber mood, Ian, because the St. Louis Blues have lost Darren Pang, and uh, not you know to death. He's fine. He's alive, <laughs> but. Uh, but for 50 50 seconds i thought it was really real um (laughs) (laughs) uh i we've had brushes with pang's gonna leave before you know we've had contracts Mm -hmm. contract negotiations and they've always found a way to make it work out and so i i just felt like they would this time uh, but the news broke yesterday that he would be leaving, not only leaving, but leaving to return uh, to Chicago, which, of course, is the organization he played for, but also fucking sucks. Um, <laughs> I hate this. And, you know, there's there have been I will say this. I'll lead with this. There have been some severe overreactions to this news oh, yeah. on Blue's Twitter. There have to been say people saying this is the worst thing that has ever happened to the franchise. People that say, you know, this is worse than any personnel loss we've had in the last five years. All of that is a little insane. He is just a commentator. However, uh, for 14 years, he's been the voice of the blues television color commentator, Terry, which means he's been the voice of the blues for as long as I've been a very active fan, you know, this dates back to Ian 14 years ago, we were in high school barely, but we were, Ooh, um, oh, Jesus, 14 years like, ago. I don't like thinking God, Ian, Ian, 14 years ago, we weren't in high school starting next year. Oh, I, yeah, I don't like that. I know. I don't like that. I'm coming up on half my life ago. I just left high school. I'm like, Oh no, half of my life. Ooh, how do people live past 35? Don't do it, people. Don't do it. Ah. Anyway, that uh we're Not obviously with your sanity. We're obviously coping very well. <laughs> but I'm yeah, using he, all my coping skills. Yeah. He came on in the uh I believe 090010 season, correct? And mm-hmm. uh was part of that, you know, basically was part of the team's rise to being uh, a content, you know, a threat, then a contender, then a serious contender, then not quite getting it done, then rebuilding, uh, retooling on the fly, then winning a Stanley Cup kind of out of nowhere, and and all the points in between. Um, he wrote that beautiful letter to you know the team and to all his all his contacts and people uh, on the Blues website. Um, heartbreaking. I mean, really sucks. And uh, I've talked a lot. Ian, t- talk us through your thoughts before I say anything more. 
I mean, yeah, it's been a roller coaster. It's it's started with a little bit of disbelief. I mean, like you said, there's been there's been threats of this before. Darren Pang's bailed threats of leaving. Um, we're just like, you know, his contract was up and then it always gets done at the last second. It all all works out, much like much like many UFAs in this league. But it's, you know, it's not to be. And when you don't think about it, when you don't put really any thought into it, it sucks. And they're like, and he's going to Chicago of all places. And that doesn't make any sense until you're like, oh, well, that's where he played. And then you're like, okay, well, why would you even want to go there? They suck. And it's like, well, you get to call Connor Bedard games for the foreseeable future. It's like, okay, well, I guess that's pretty good. Um, and, you know, as much as I, as much as I hate that town, I was just there and, you know, Chicago's pretty nice, pretty nice city. Um, Fuck you, Harley <laughs> Jarvis. <laughs> but, and then on top of it, you've got a company and, Sinclair or whoever owns Ballet Sports or Diamond Sports Group or whatever they're called, that's like going into bankruptcy. I don't know that they've actually like filed, but they're defaulting on payments and they're going to fall apart sometime in the next 365 days. So I think someone like Darren's like, you know what, if this, this opportunity has presented itself and I'm taking the out, I am getting out of here. Um, I mean, you can tell in his letter and everything that he, he loved it here. He enjoyed it here. It's pretty much what made him into the the commentator that he is like i know he was doing national games prior to being here and he was doing stuff in arizona but i mean like you go from essentially being doing national games for a niche sport that's probably grown in popularity since he started uh broadcasting like right after like the terrible 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 lockout it pretty much killed this whole league um and then you get to be on a team that's kind of trajectory is in line with the league as a whole and they rise and they win the cup and you get to be a part of this this whole journey and you can just tell him how he writes that he's he's going to miss being here and I think he kind of mirrors what a lot of players say about St. Louis you know it's great to raise a family it's, it's there's a lot to do the fans are great like the organization's great it's just, he has a lot of reverence for for St. Louis and the Blues and everyone he's worked with which is, is great to hear so I really just can't blame him for kind of <laughs> more or less, I'm not going to even call it bailing, but, you know, like have, finding a better opportunity because this opportunity was degrading <laughs> before our eyes. Um, and I wish him nothing but the best, but yeah, it sucks. He's just, he's such a great personality. And I think you hear people say it all the time that like, you know, this guy, this guy or this, this woman, or, you know, this person, like they, they exude, you know, some personality trait They're you know, they're electric They're They make you care and everything. And I think it gets overused, but I think for Darren Pang, it's true. Like his love for hockey and his love for the sport and calling it like literally just seeps through your television and in your veins, you're just so happy to, to hear from him. I don't know. It's like, it's kind of like a pick me up at the end of the day. You're like, Oh, you know, this dude's always like in a good mood generally speaking and he, you know you're gonna he's gonna call a good game and I think he was also very honest too for a guy that I think a lot of blues fans that weren't fans of him would probably say he was like overly peppy and overly in the blues favor and and mm -hmm. you know sure we definitely we've definitely criticized him for that before but like I also think he was he was honest um when they were when they were bad I mean he wasn't gonna be like this team fucking blows you know, he wasn't going to do one of his catchphrases like, Jesus fucking Christ, this team sucks. <laughs> um, but he, 
he would tell you like, oh, this game is like, this is rough. This is not one Craig Bruby likes. This is going to mm-hmm. be, and then he'd, they'd show replays like, yeah, that's a pretty pair. That's not a good pass. And it's like, I don't know. That sounds silly, but there are definitely um, color commentators or, you know, local sports broadcasts where it's just sunshine and rainbows out the butt. Like you could be the worst team in the league and treat your players like shit. And they'll be like, ah, how about these Cincinnati Reds? You know what? They're, they're just one of the best, one of the best franchises in the league and anyone would Mm -hmm. be happy to play here and stuff. And it's just like, okay, man, like sometimes it can't always be going well. Um, and he had, he had that element in him too. So I appreciate that, but yeah, it's going to be hard to replace him because I just don't think there's anyone else like him. It's one of those things where, um, I don't know, you can kind of liken it to like Petrangelo in a sense where it's like, okay, someone else is going to be in that position, but they're not going to be Alex Petrangelo. Like someone else is going to be the color commentator for the blues and they can bring their own spin to it and be good at it in their own way but they're not going to be darren pang and so i think that's what's i think that's just what sticks to me is like just knowing that he won't be there calling games and it's like regardless of who it is it's just going to be different and kind of weird um hopefully you know not take a a dark take it down a dark turn but like i you know hopefully it's not jamie rivers like no, thank you. Uh, he's, he seems, you know, no offense. He seems fine, but I'm just like, he also just sort of seems like he's just talking about what's happening literally on the screen. I'm like, yeah, Jamie, I get it. He made the save or like, he's like, if you want to win the game, you're going to have to score more goals. It's like, thanks John, man. Like, it's just, I don't know. <laughs> he, he can grow into it, but like, it'll be interesting to see who they replace paying with. It'll probably be Jamie rivers, but yeah. um, we can, we can hope for different. I don't know. It's it's a bigger move than or it's the or I should say it's the Blues' first big move of the off season, if you will. So mm-hmm. it's it's a signal of change and and things to come, maybe hopefully. So I don't know. It's it's the biggest Blues news we've had since them basically you know not making the playoffs pretty much. So uh, all the best to Darren and, and his family. Whenever they talk about these guys having kids, because they don't really mention it all the time, they'll mm-hmm. be like, "Can three daughters or whatever i'm like what <laughs> um yeah i mean i think i think you said a lot of what i would have said and, and don't need to belabor the point but i think i think one of the things here is like anytime anytime you or sometimes with sports teams you just get to a stretch where all the news is bad news not because everything is actively that bad but just because there's not enough happening and the stuff that is happening is disappointing and i think that's where the blues are right now it's like it's not that this the franchise is actually in jeopardy or that the sky is falling but it just seems like for the last three four five six months really since the season started it's just been not good stuff you know Mm -hmm. like um you, you have obviously the team just sucking, missing the playoffs, the rebuild happening. You lose Barbashev, you lose O'Reilly, you lose Tarasenko. You know, Barbashev has at least played himself way out of any position. You know, no way we're going to afford him. He's going to make a freaking King's Ransom this summer. Oh, yeah. You, you feel the same way about other guys. Um, you know, maybe there's still a reunion possible with, um, with O'Reilly, but, you know, it's hard to know that yet. Um, I feel like it's, it's just tough 
to be in that position and feel like, okay, the news is just piling on. And then this is just another bad news situation. You know, I think it's not Mm -hmm. necessarily like the end of the world, um, but it is just disappointing. And yeah, it's, 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 again, I don't want to pick on Jamie Rivers, but like that's going from like filet mignon to like cube steak at the golden corral. Like, I, I mean, I know that I know Darren Pang has his detractors, but like, man, that is, Oh, that is. Yeah. Awesome. And I saw it almost, and yeah, almost and more to not, like the fact that Darren's like so good that it's just kind of like, if you're just kind of ho-hum, it just makes you look that much worse because yeah. he was just like, I mean, he's on national broadcasts for like a reason and everything. There's a reason she, Chicago just didn't want some dude that played for them. They could have gotten any some dude that played mm-hmm. for them. They got like a fantastic commentator in yeah. Darren too. So it's just kind of like, yeah, going from someone that anyone would have wanted to just kind of like a a seventh defenseman that played on your team that yeah. doesn't have as much experience is just like just a huge delta between the two. And that's the thing to me, like, you know, we've heard Bernie on uh, color before and that's not pretty either, but at least Bernie is Bernie, you know, mm-hmm. like he, he has the cachet to be that guy who, um, who gets, you know, that level of, of, of exposure. Brett Hall would be somewhere Here's my thinking. I've been thinking about a name. Um, David Backus. I don't know that he's doing uh, anything. I feel like he's always been that guy that they talk about, like, oh, he could be a media guy. You know who else? You know, and this is a real one. We've talked about this in the past. Past good old C Butts, Chris Butler. Oh, yeah. Uh, he was great. I would love him. Uh, when he did that, he did that breakdown of the team. I think it was the cup year, right? Where he just oh, yeah. was like, here's everything that's going wrong. Here's how it's not working. I was like, damn. This dude should be a color commentator, and and you can't tell me Chris Butler is going to be that expensive, you know. So, um, I think it'll be Jamie Rivers. I think that's a hugely disappointing. Um, with with all due respect to, to John Kelly, who I think is uh, fantastic, that feels like just a very boomer team, um, mm-hmm. which is especially going to be awkward for for a younger a younger team that's like in transition rebuilding sort of thing. Um, that's true. So, it would be nice to have like some youth in there. I think yeah. like even if you got like Joe Vitale from radio, like I think he's I think he's pretty good actually. Uh-huh. I don't know how he transitioned into TV, but like I think even having a guy that like him who is not necessarily super young, but I mean he's like in his forties or whatever, you know, or he's probably actually like forty because he probably <laughs> retired in his like mid thirties. So, uh-huh. but yeah, I think like he could even be like a good option if they went that route. But yeah, it'll just. It'll be, it'll be different. It was just funny to read Darren talk about JK and be like, ah, oh, my trusted buddy and all that stuff. When we joke about how JK is kind of like flat, <laughs> flat, not as flat nature, but just the way he speaks with Darren sometimes definitely uh-huh. has a nature of like, you fucking annoy the shit out of me, little dude. <laughs> it really does. You're going to see a new John Kelly next year. He's going to be vibrant, full of yeah. life. He's like, oh, thank God. Jamie Rivers, I've been fucking what a fucking breath of fresh air you are, my guy. <laughs> Thank you, Jamie. You have no idea what I went through last year. Um, yeah, I mean, John Kelly, you assume is going to stick around for a while and still be the guy. Um, not going to make wholesale changes in that regard. Um, but yeah, definitely, definitely disappointing. Hard. It's going to be a very hard pill to swallow. The nice thing is. Um, 
you know, hopefully we will get Panger on some national broadcasts calling Blues games. So, um, you know, we've got that going for us, I guess. But um, it's going to be it's going to be different and it's going to be sad to me uh, to to not have him um, for the foreseeable future. So uh, I guess that's the end of my thoughts on that. Um, Hopefully, you know, maybe maybe in the future there's a reunion possibility. Who knows? Um, But that uh it's coming yeah. back baby it's coming home coming home coming home any, any chance tell the world <laughs> what'd you say any chance to play that song you know yeah. Oh, just, yeah. what a banger like i need an ex- fucking excuse you know come <laughs> I'm, I'm begging for one please darren in his letter even said something about like and our our valley sports midwest crew is one of the best and why wouldn't they be and i was like uh, can't even can't oh, he, even get rid of it and right he worked he worked in a couple of those yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, you're breaking my heart darren i don't want to read i want to <laughs> read your goodbye oh it was painful it was not good um any fi- any more darren pang or broadcasting thoughts um tnt is great there you go uh i didn't get to finish it but mark lazarus had a profile on liam McHugh. oh yeah uh, in the athletic that i read uh i'd say probably about half of this morning and uh that was really good very interesting guy it was cool to see how much uh his teammates were you know his his colleagues there respected him and and considered him like a a stud He's not he's a knowledgeable dude and he's an Islanders fan. So you know it's been through a lot. Yeah, that's true. That's pain. That's true pain. So <laughs> I feel like all those guys on that panel, like that, like Biz and them and stuff, like they just pick teams that are just like, why would they why would you do this? Like I get Biz kind of has to like like Arizona because he was there, but then he even like was jumped on the Toronto train this year. And I'm like, Biz, what are you doing, buddy? Like do you just like self-flagellation? Like, I think he was also like, Florida's my guys because they're all, you know, grinders and muckers and bangers. I'm like, and now your team's losing to nothing. You're like the kiss of death. Maybe stop picking teams. Yeah, agreed. Um, speaking of the Florida Panthers, let's jump into the Stanley Cup playoffs, which have not been good for them. Uh, as you put it, the unstoppable unstoppable Florida Panthers are being stopped by the Vegas Golden Knights uh, after allowing a total of eight goals in four and a half periods spanning games one and two. Bobrovsky was pulled on Monday night. Can he be relied upon in game three? Or should the Panthers go back to Alex Lyon, the goalie who got them into the playoffs down the stretch? Ian, your thoughts? Spoiler alert, um, it is Sergei Bobrovsky in that right now. Yeah. <laughs> so I... I I didn't think that they would go with Lyon necessarily. Like this is you've you've hitched your wagon to Bobrovsky's played so well down the stretch. Um, can't turn away from him, even though you you had to pull him the last game. Uh, you know, it's it's the worst time to come back down to earth, right? Like I don't even think he's played terribly. Like a few of the mm-hmm. goals, I'm sure he's won he's won him back. I've seen two, so I guess by his playoff standards, that's pretty bad. But like by like general goalie standards, not terrible, but it just sucks because they were relying so much on his goaltending um, to kind of propel them through the playoffs. Like I believe they have won 
they've been in like nine one goal game deficit or not deficits, but like one goal game finishes and they've they're eight and one in those. And it's like, you've got to think a lot of that is, I mean, their defense plays well, but is Bobrovsky holding down the fort and getting them across the finish line for the win. But like, yeah, having him falter even just a little bit uh, is enough for like literally the next best team, the team you're playing the gold Knights to like be able to pounce on you and score a bunch. And that's exactly what they've done. Um, and it's been rough. So, I mean, in this game, he's going to have to play as good as he's played in previous games and other series. It's, it's a one, one right now, literally about halfway through the game, like they're in the ninth minute or the 11th minute of period number two. Um, and it looks like, let's see, Vorovsky stopped 11 of 12 and Hills stopped seven of six. So, I mean, the Golden Knights are out shooting uh, the Panthers right now. So it's, you know, one, one, anyone's game, but in terms of like possession and chances, it's not necessarily looking great for Florida. Um, and you need guys like Kachuk, right. To like step up. They have the, he's made his presence known, uh, especially on Monday after like leveling Eichel with like a legal hit at center ice. It was legal. You can debate whether or not that should be legal in the NHL and what have you. And, your, your concussions and all your health mumbo jumbo, you st- stupid doctors. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, Kachuk's made his presence known, but like the night's pretty much, or that night on Monday went from like boom to bust and he earned like his third misconduct penalty of the series. I was sent to the locker room in the, at the 1401 of the third period. Uh, I was off for the game and it's like, he's there. He's, He's the most marketable personality currently in the uh, Stanley Cup finals, possibly in the NHL period. There's been some debate about that where it's like, is this the face of the NHL now? And it's like, I like Matthew Kachuk. I think he does have some personality, especially on the ice too. I do still sort of think it's like so sad that like that's our bar. Cause I think they showed him on TNT, like on the NBA panel. Yeah. And he was having fun, but I wasn't like, this is not enough. This is cool, but this is still not enough of a personality. And the NHL is like, every writer is like, he's the face of the NHL now. And I'm like, uh, by default, <laughs> like, I don't know. He's cool. He's fine. He's great. But like, if he is not like our personality in the NHL is like the personality of like a bench player <laughs> in the NBA. Mm-hmm. It's probably worse. It's quite, yeah. possibly worse. Also, I mean, how sad is it? And again, I'm not trying to crap on Matthew Kachuk, but like he has literally one appearance on Inside the NBA and they're like, is this the face of the NHL? (laughs) Is that what he is now? He was on TV one time. So is he the most famous person in the National Hockey League? And the fucking answer is yes. (laughs) (laughs) It is an easy article to write because you are correct when you write it. You're like, oh yeah, he is the face. I mean... It's a little sad that that's the bar, but yeah, it's the meme. It's the anime meme with the guy with the butterfly. Is this the face of the NHL? Oh, yeah. exactly. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you got it, I guess. Um, as long as we're talking about Maddie, though, uh, the misconduct he got for the hit, uh, bullshit. I mean, it, I know it was for the fight after the hit, but that hit, this is coming from a podcast. I mean, maybe you'll disagree with me, but our podcast collectively. I've been very outspoken about the in the past about 
you know, dirty hits need to be removed from the game to the point that even arguably hitting could be removed from the game altogether. Mm-hmm. But, um, excuse me, I don't know what just happened in my throat. I think a little demon tried to escape. I know it was just a pig with a mask on it, but for 50 seconds, <laughs> it seemed really real. Um, but, uh, what was I even saying? Oh, the hit. Um, that hit was as clean as it gets, baby. <laughs> that that mm. hit was clean as a whistle. For the bit that for big, massive like jaw dropping hits, that may be the cleanest one I have ever seen. That was just like dead center mass, mm. and I hate I hate to keep your head up, but like Eichel had his head down. He was in no man's land. He had the friggin' puck too, mm-hmm. and he just got leveled. He got truck sticked, and I think it was a, you know, that's the kind of hit that the hockey should be aiming for and not punishing if they're going to have hits at all. You know? Right, exactly. It's like if you can have the debate of like whether or not you should have like I don't know, yeah, big truck stick hits, and it's like, oh, it's you know bad for the health and stuff for sure. But like if this is part of the game and that's allowed, that's like as as good as you can make it. Um, I mean, even Eichel himself was like, you know, this is I got hit. I was I didn't have my head up. Like obviously he's probably upset to be you know hit possibly hurt or whatever at the you know he's fine now but like you don't know at the time he goes down the down the tunnel he comes back but it's like at the same time you just kind of have to acknowledge like yeah that's a a good step up by him and I mean it's two star players um making contact it's it's stuff you want to see in the in the league um speaking of hits Barbashev leveled Gudis with two minutes left in the second period of game two Gudis left the game and he never returned. Um, you know, he's been a bit of a minute muncher for Florida, you know, as much as everyone talks about him being kind of, you know, a, a goon with a beard and everything. He's also actually played, he's played fairly well on the playoffs overall. Um, how they'll fare without him in this game. I don't know. I've got to check now to even see if he's in this game. Oh, uh, Jesus. Sorry. <laughs> Steven's losing have it. Seen, have you seen? Franco is apparently in. Have you seen good? Have you seen these NBA commentary team memes? No. That are going around. Oh fuck! My brother sent them to me on Instagram. I'm not even like so into the NBA that I am super aware of what's going on, but I mean, I get the memes because it's awesome. And <laughs> this one just says Mark Jackson. To me, it doesn't matter if Livy rizzed up baby Gronk or not. He's 10. Jeff Van Gundy. I once spent 10 days in a Chechen prison for smuggling cat litter. I cannot return to the North Caucasus now. Mike Breen. Bang! Joke it for three. <laughs> <laughs> Which is so how that commentary team works. It's fantastic. Pang is the Mark Jackson or Jeff Van Gundy of, um, of the situation, of that, you know, team. But still, we love him. That's true. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, I think uh, if Gudis is out, that's going to be. Don't uh, worry, he's in. Oh, oh, right. According, according right. to My Google, bad. a quick Google, he's in. But I mean, it was that was also hit that people debated because Barbershev does kind of get him high, but he doesn't. Barbershev doesn't really go high. Like Gudis actually sort of is like sliding and goes low you know it's one of those things where like he's definitely not trying to end up hitting him in the head and he kind of catches him a little bit just because Gudis ends up sort of sliding unintentionally and getting a little bit lower I mean those two guys were lined up to hit each other anyway so part of me is like well I don't know you you were expecting to get hit 
Ranco. So like if something else happens and you change your your trajectory line, like I don't know that you can blame Barbership for that, but I mean, I guess it seems like he's okay. I'm sure sure he's banged up, but he's good enough to play. Um, I was just saying the Panthers have to be great to start game three. I mean, it's tied right now, so it's better. It's better than it has been because they were chasing the first two games and never really gained enough traction to catch up. Um, I don't know if their goal was a power play goal tonight or not, but the Panthers had been over seven on the power play so far this series, which is kind of surprising because I looked it up. They are 28% on the power play heading into the finals. So like, that's fantastic. And then it's completely dried up for them, at least um, in these first two games. And then one thing I want to talk about too, because it's, you know, it's, it's our guy or was our guy, Ivan Barbashev. We mentioned it last podcast, I believe too. Um, he's been absolutely fantastic on the Eichel and Marchessault line. You know, he played well for the Blues in the Blues Cup run, and he only had three goals and three assists in 25 games this postseason. He's got six goals and 11 assists in 19 games. Um, and again, the, with the goodest hit, he's not just putting up points. He's like making his presence known physically on the ice. He's going to get paid. I wonder how much he gets paid. What do you think? He's made he made 4.5 million this make- year. I think he will make thirty million plus on his next contract yeah. total. But what's the AAV? I, I can see. Well, okay, I can see it being five by five, but that's the minimum. And I think somebody will have to go five by six to get him. I really do. I think. I think. And I'm, listen, I love Ivan Barbashev to death. I don't think that's a realistic payoff for his full career body mm. of work. But I think he'll be that. Um, that um i'm trying to think of some of the other guys there's i know there's a guy in uh calgary let me look it up he will be that oh i know who you're talking about blake coleman type um, oh yeah or that wait for it 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 uh barkley goodrow type mm-hmm. um where there's just a, an absolute bidding war people convince themselves that he's the key piece to making a, a championship team and and look he's proven it he was great like you said great in our our playoffs great even better in these playoffs he's just fit into vegas so perfectly i don't think there's a chance that they can afford him um, right and uh he's gonna go somewhere and make a lot of money and that, that place i think could very well be the toronto maple because i just see that being Morph. That, but that's such a true living move because he did it with what's his name that I just named and have already forgotten. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Coleman, yeah. Yeah. Um, the Golden Knights actually have, hold on, do they? Oh, no, this is already for, this is already next season. I thought so. I thought that couldn't be right. Um, yeah, they have uh, no no money, no money to play with, $3.4 million. So they have some uh you know ne- tough negotiations coming on they will probably have to move on from alec martinez uh they will have to move on i'm sure from some other guys they might have to trade a, a high contract guy they'll have to probably let jonathan marsh or so walk um so they're gonna have a tough off season they might be looking at a little bit uh win this year or, or don't win at all um so, you know, they're certainly in the driver's seat right now, obviously, but uh, it's still anybody's series, Florida. 
came back against Boston from down 3-1. So you can't exactly say, well, there's no way they can come back against Vegas. Although Vegas did just take the lead. It's now 2-1. Um, oh. So uh, <laughs> maybe. I just say, yeah. Not so much. It's, I mean, it's hard, right? Like Vegas, I, don't forget, uh, I just don't fucking get swept against Florida. Come I know. On. That's so sad. You can't. You I can't, mean, I know the Blues went three in a row swept. and got swept. But yeah, that's why people are so happy. I mean, you're happy no matter what if the Blues win in the finals like any game. But like, that's why people are extra happy when Gunnarsson got the OT winner. Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, after 52 years of fucking constipation, they win a game <laughs> in the yeah. finals. We've broken through. Um but I don't know, man. Vegas is just rolling. Their depth is impressive. They roll four lines. They roll three D pairings, like with ease. I don't think really anyone on D is like uh, has more ice time than really anyone else by like significant amounts, other than like Alex Martinez, just because he's he's older. Um, on their active roster, they only have two players under six feet tall. One is Kessel, who isn't even playing. I think he's played like three or four games. And then Marcheseau is the other one, and he's he's the team playoff goal leader with twelve, and he's leading the team and plus minus with plus sixteen. So like, are we? There's big dudes. Enough? Are we talking enough about future Hall of Famer four times, future four time if this series plays out, Cup winner or just three? Uh, two, with, two with Pittsburgh. I oh, Kessel. Yeah, I guess it'll just be three. It'd only be three. Hall of Famer, right? Like he's got it. He's gotta go. I mean, he's Iron got Man he's streak. got the hardware. Iron Man streak, three Stanley Cups. He's probably gonna have. Wasn't he a Con Smythe in one of those seasons? Or a Rocket Richard or something at least. I, I don't say think he... there's any. Let's see. Let's look him up. I'm sure, I know Chris Sidney Crosby was one of the Con Smythes, but maybe he had the other one. That'd be nuts. Bill Kessel won the Con Smythe. I mean, he was bonkers. No, he didn't. But there, a lot of people think he should have won one of the years. Uh... Crosby did. Um, 400 goals. He's if he plays next season, he'll get to a thousand points. Uh, 1286 games, he'll get to 1300. He has the Ironman streak. He has two Stanley Cups. He's gunning for a third, um, fifth overall pick, Masterson Trophy. Which you know, who cares? But um, I'm probably just thinking too much he, of his I recent career, a- where I'm just like, ah, eh, he's just you know, he's kind of faded. But I'm like, yeah, but all the other years. <laughs> He was a huge part of those two cup runs, though. Like, a big, big freaking mm-hmm. part of it. And that's, you know, that can be a tiebreaker. Let's look at his. Um, in the playoff years, he had 10, 10 goals, 12 assists, 22 points in 24 games in the first series, and 8 goals, 15 assists, 23 points in 25 games in the second Stanley Cup. So he had a total of 45 points in 49 games over Jeez. the two Stanley Cup runs. Um, yeah, I mean, he was a huge factor there. And, um, man, you talk about guys, you know, we were talking last night on the – on the I've appeared on Let's Go Boys Radio again. Shout out to those guys. Go check out the episode if you haven't. Uh, but um, we were talking about Keith Kachuk because we were talking about the Blues all-time team at left wing. Um, and whether he had a Hall of Fame kit case, and I would say he's behind Phil Kessel, in my opinion, in terms of candidacy. Um, but anyway, this is a very weird tangent. You can expect those on this podcast. <laughs> um, teams with a 2-0 series lead go on to win the series 86% of the time. Teams with a 2-0 series lead in the finals go on to win the Cup 91% of the time. 
teams that win the first two home games of the final go on to win the cup 93% of the time. Florida has a mountain to climb. Uh, yes, it does. And it's not looking any better uh, with the two to one scoreline right now. However, um, I will say that if they battle back and win in this game, obviously they're right back in the series. And, mm. um, you know, I think that would actually serve them better than a blowout win, um, just in terms of building momentum and not pissing off Vegas and all that stuff. So true. I mean, yeah, if you if you get a comeback here, um, quote unquote, eke out a win and then you start to feel good about yourself. And, yeah, you know, hopefully tie the series on. I forget if they have another two day break or not Sunday or whatever it is. But like, yeah. it is, it's it sucks. Like these games have been entertaining, but like it just sucks that like I think these playoffs overall have been really fun. That it would just blow to have like a sweep in the final. And just like, Meh. I mean, again, if Vegas does it, I think they deserve it. I really do think like even if you sit here and go, oh, Florida was like, you know wishes wrapped up in a unicorn or whatever it's like they were never actually gonna like win blah 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 i think i think vegas at this point beats like any eastern conference team you want to put up there um like even boston or whatever like i just think they're they're the better team and they're playing like they're playing that thing that's like playoff hockey where that doesn't change that thing that's like playoff. (laughs) well you know like it doesn't change year to year or even like decade to decade at this point it's like you've seen it with the blues it's uh-huh. play it's being able to score getting saves and then just like generally being like an asshole team like that's what i always think about that when boston yeah. media was all pissy about the blues winning and they're like they're just so dirty and all blah 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 i'm like dude every single team that wins the cup is a bunch of dirty fucks and like i'm not yeah. disagreeing with you but that's like literally every team 2011 bruins are like that freaking the, the hawks every you could say oh kane and tay is a law they're dirty you know you've got all these other players on that team dirty as fuck too LA like that was LA's whole brand is like we'll just hit the piss out of you and hope that like quick makes all the saves and then that's and then we win the cup like that's literally every year like Sidney Crosby great talent uh Evgeny Malkin great talent Phil Kessel great talent I'm not even Phil Kessel's not even like a guy laying the body but those other two fucking pricks like like just Mm. awful people (laughs) or whatever when it comes to like playing against them I mean Sidney Crosby lopped off a piece of freaking Mark Mathot's finger or whatever like <laughs> I mean he's, he's a great guy he's a leader like I really don't think he's like a terrible person but like put him on the ice the dudes the dude will go nuts and like that's what you need I will say that's always why I think Toronto's not successful in the playoffs is like a yes their stars don't show up but like b even if they do and they have in the past in some series they just don't have the makeup of like a playoff team it's like which one of which one of your guys and it's got to be like three or four of them it's going to be just be like a piece of shit and not a reactive that's the other thing too people are always like oh right. if something happens then they'll be there i'm like no no no, no. just like actively oppresses people around them you it's know, a brad marchand you know that just exists you know he was sneaky at that for us was ryan o'reilly i think he did a lot of that he wasn't like dirty or shitty in the way that you traditionally think of but i think mm-hmm. in terms of just taking that little extra poke or that slash and not like having your cool head the whole time. Yeah. I think dude, David, dude, David Perron. And I Shin mean, obviously get, and Perron, you know. I think you could get under his skin a little bit, but 
since like 2012 when they played like the uh-huh. Kings the first time, that dude would get in quick space. He'd leave his stick like touching his mask and shit, and he'd just like skate away. And he did it yeah. all the time. And I remember being like, dude, this is what you have to do. You just have to kind of just be an asshole at all mm-hmm. times. And you have to hope that the other team like just reacts off of it or that you're yeah. getting in their head and stuff. And that's what I see with Vegas is they're they're almost just out Florida out Florida in Florida, where it's just like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, we, you have Sam Bennett, you have uh Matthew Kachuk, you've got Rag Kogudis, and like we have all these guys that just don't give a shit about that and mm-hmm. are, are just as bad like stones like that marchesos like that barbershev's turned into someone that's like that petrangelo is nice you know as much as like oh he doesn't hit and blah 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 the dude i mean i don't know that you can even argue that he's not an asshole after taking a freaking chop at dress mm-hmm. wrists i don't know that you could sit there and be like ah alex petrangelo he's such a wet blanket like well he tried to break someone's wrist uh like five seconds after play died so like they just have those pieces i think the biggest surprise to me for vegas is like i from day one of the season i thought well this team's okay but but they're Mm -hmm. nothing because they're what's who's in goal like who's in goal for this freaking team and logan thompson played well all season then he was hurt and it's like well okay who's in goal and it's like well it's Brossois or whatever it's like okay well mm-hmm. he's he's actually does pretty well okay he's hurt now we have Aiden Hill who used to be a coyote a shark mm-hmm. and was like shark. not, not good so. right he was so so bad or so mediocre at least that he got passed from the sharks to the coyotes <laughs> or vice versa nobody knows they were like uh there's like I know we're bad but this team this fucking team yeah. over here they'll take it. <laughs> that fucking guy the but, Panthers are falling apart by the way it's still 2-1, but Bennett did a, a dipshit turnover oh, at, the, no. at the red line, that uh, blue line that uh, Bobrovsky had to make a big save on, and then uh, Lundell took an even stupid, stupider penalty by just slashing Barbashev's stick in half in the crease. Um, it's, it's still 2-1 in second intermission, but they're, they're falling into peace. Come on, Paul. Come on, Paul. Where's your – give us your, your uh, speeches, Paul. That's not true, Paul um yeah it's it's gonna be some uphill uphill skiing for that team i'm also ready for it though quite honestly i feel like i get here every single year unless the blues are in it or whatever where i'm like i love Mm -hmm. hockey hockey's fun we do a hockey podcast we're invested in hockey i'm ready for it to be over it's over yeah it needs to be over um I'm on that same bandwagon. Like I, you know, I'm, I hope this game goes. I hope this series goes six or seven. I hope it's not yeah. sweet. But when the seven are done, I'll be like, okay, not hockey time for a while. That's. Fine I think they me. just. It's such a long season. The playoffs end up being so long that, like, by the time they end up the cup, I'm like, I think I feel more like. I guess unless the Blues obviously win, I just always feel more like relief than joy. I'm like, oh. It's over. It's finally over. I think that's what's hard is like seeing every single article people write nationally have to be about just two teams and like all the storylines. Like we've exhausted them, everyone. We've squeezed, you know, blood <laughs> from a rock. They're like, yeah, but what about Antoine Lundell's cat? And it's like, okay, it's over. It's, there's, no, there's nothing left. You've seen all the local people transition. All your local beat writers are already on the whole, like, okay, we're. What are we going to draft this year? Who's drafting where and stuff? You see JR and those guys turning to that. But like if you're an NBC or I guess if you're like a, a TNT or ESPN or Sportsnet, it's like, 
sorry, let's talk about Matthew Kachuk and how he's the star of the future, even though he's been a star for like four or five years. I think so. I read someone say, or like read an article, I don't know by who, but they were like, this is Matthew Kachuk's coming out party. And I was like, I don't think you can say that. (laughs) Like maybe I, like I get he's in the American market, he's in the the finals and everything, but I'm like, he's been around, he's gotten, he's had like a hundred point seasons. I just love when they yeah. do that. I feel like they always do that in hockey too. Like his coming out party, I'm like, maybe I'm just in very invested in hockey, but I already knew about fucking, I don't know who else. Like I already knew about Artemi Panarin. Like this can't be, everyone else knew, right? This isn't new news. Of course. But. Yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting. I think the Panthers, you know, when you look at, who deserves to win? The Panthers have done incredible things this season. Nobody expected them to be here. Mm-hmm. They certainly had the comeback of all comebacks. They beat the they beat the uh, Maple Leafs. So you know, much love and respect to them for that. <laughs> big ups, um, big ups. Which, by the way, I think this just shows to uh, you know, assuming this series goes the way it does, how ridiculous it is that Toronto was like celebrating a second round appearance because like you're so. Well, we're close to winning a cup. That team that beat you then went on and beat another team and then still got their shit kicked. (laughs) Yeah, they freaking swept the next team and they're still going to possibly get swept. Yeah. Um, But in any case, uh, but the Panthers seem to have the the brighter future. You know, they are younger and Mm -hmm. up and coming. I think that the Golden Knights might finally take a step back next year who knows they always find something crazy to do but um speaking of the toronto maple leafs uh former toronto maple leafs general manager uh, who is not old enough to be president of the united states is now the president of hockey operations for the pittsburgh penguins uh in the worst kept secret in hockey um i guess i can't blame them i mean i, I would rather have dubas uh, trying to rebuild a team that is aged and, mm-hmm. um, you know, trying to make the most of that situation rather than trying to get a team across the finish line. I definitely don't think he's God's gift to general managing or anything, but I don't, I don't know. I'm a little torn on him as an executive. I think he's kind of a dipshit um, the way he was behaving <laughs> in the crowd as a Maple Leafs executive was also kind of, kind of embarrassing and ridiculous but um yeah i mean i don't have a lot of thoughts on this do you have they named a gm yet i don't think they have yet um or is this i mean this is but i mean he's more or less like their gm you know what i mean right he's he he wanted pretty much total control or total control of like the team on the hockey side of things Um, oh he assumed the role of interim general manager too Oh yeah, see, he's the he's the Emperor Palpatine. You know, he is the Pittsburgh Penguins. Yeah. Um, Did you see the thing about Treliving can't be at the draft table because of some punishment, or you know, some condition oh, the Flames had on yeah. letting him move over? I'm sure it's, it's one of those. They're going to steal our picks. Then I'm like, do you really yeah. think like if you have the strategy of one other team, are you going to like put that team on blast for shits and giggles? versus like build your own team uh, like the way they yeah. need to it's like hey i don't really i don't think the maple Leafs really need this defenseman actually 
but like we're gonna draft because like the flames are gonna draft him and it'd be fucking yeah. hilarious oh, that'd be fucking silly i mean people do do that for the maple leafs if you ask yeah. the angle but um speaking of former maple leafs moving new places yeah, fuck. <laughs> uh, my fab talk to the columbus blue jackets <sighs> why i mean I'm just like, what well, year is it? You ain't gonna be any good. Uh, I know we talk about this all the time, but I will once again rant about there are not the NHL does not believe that there are 35 men qualified. And yes, I do mean men, because obviously <laughs> they're not gonna consider women. Um, but they don't believe that there are as many as 36 men qualified to be a head coach in the NHL. They just don't. They, they will not look outside. They will not think. They will not uh, They will not critically think. They will not hypothesize. They will not explore. They will not investigate. They will hire someone who has had a job within the last five years and had a reputation as mediocre or slightly better. I don't see how this is a win for Columbus. I don't see how bringing in Mike Babcock to coach a team full of young players when he is most famous for abusing young players <laughs> is a choice to make. I don't, I Mike Babcock to the New York Rangers makes some sense to me. If, mm. if you are, if you have no moral code and <laughs> you just want to win, I don't think he's especially good at that either, to be honest, but I can at least see how you can <laughs> con yourself into it. You know, Mike Babcock to the Columbus Blue Jackets don't get it at all. What are your thoughts? Yeah, it just feels like a move from 10 plus years ago. Like he won a cup in 2008 and went to the cup final next year and lost. Like he just hasn't had this huge amount of success. He obviously hasn't gotten out of the first round because and forever because he's been the coach of the Maple Leafs uh, starting in 2016 and then, or 2015. Then prior to that, he was on like the downward spiraling uh Detroit Red Wings that I think only won like a round or two on uh, any of those years between like pretty much 2011 and, and 2015 so like I just don't see the the playoff success I guess in their eyes like well if we just get to the playoffs that's good enough for like the Columbus Blue Jackets and I guess so like I guess if that's your goal but like I just don't think he meshes with your team I don't know Columbus is that weird team that um their identity is just tied up and being like, we don't have the star power. So we're just going to like, we're just going to grunt our way into being good. Cause they did that with, with uh, Tortorella. And that seemed to work for a little bit. I feel like they did that even when like Ken Hitchcock was their coach a long ass time ago. Like, I feel like that's always been their identity and they stick to it to an extreme fault where it's just like, yo, you have some skilled players. You have Gaudreau, you have line a, you have Warinsky um who's their other really boring named guy kent whatever or something ken kent. johnson ken yeah. johnson like you've got these players that have a lot of skill and then you match them up with like a coach that's just like a like not a great person <laughs> like and maybe mm. he's learned from that but it's just i don't know how you look at your lineup and you go yeah this is the this is the coach that will really gel with these guys and, and bring us to the next level I'm guessing the only thought process is like, that's a recognizable name and this just isn't some dude. And that's what we need. We need more than just some dude, but like, 
I think it's going to blow up in their face. And it, it sounds weird to say, cause I really like the guy and he's got his roots in the blues for an office, but like Kekalainen, I, I don't know, man, maybe they need a different GM. Cause like he, if he's the one making these coaching hires and no one's really working out and he may, he makes interesting trades. I mean, he makes, he gets line a, he signs Gaudreau, but again, I don't even know if that's really like something you can pat him on the back for because you just didn't even know that you were an option until Gaudreau told mm-hmm. you you were. Um, the I don't know. I just don't know that if he's actually that good a GM. I feel like people really like are always like, yeah, he's he's tough negotiator. He gets players to Columbus, and like that's supposed to be like this. Oh, okay, he's a pretty good guy. Then it's like, but nothing's really happened while he's been there. Um, yeah. I don't know. I just think if Babcock doesn't work out, and I don't think he will, I think you got to look up the ladder and be like, "Yo, buddy, like, yep. what the fuck's going on here?" <laughs> Maybe you need to go back to Finland, Yarmo. Um, yeah, Yarmo, 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 gonna be here. <laughs> I mean. I don't know. I guess I don't know what this says about Columbus, but it's just like my wife knows a lot of these teams. She guessed the six original or the original six teams pretty well. And that's just from her listening to my random ramblings about hockey when I don't think she's paying attention. And I told her that this about Columbus is like, oh, they just, I didn't tell her anything about Babcock necessarily. It's like, oh, they hired some old fuck that's not very good anymore or whatever and she's like what are they i'm like the columbus blue jacket she's like i don't think i've ever heard you mention them before and i was like oh i probably have but very sparingly and there's no reason you should know anything about them Mm. and i was just like yeah that's that's kind of their whole franchise in a nutshell and i feel kind of bad because i i don't i don't really dislike them and it's like i wish they I wish they would have some success. I mean, they've made it out of the first round like twice. So it's like, you know, do something. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, moving on. The Ducks get their man, uh, uh, Coach Greg Cronin. Is that it? Yeah, Greg Cronenberg. Oh, Cronenberg. No, it's Cron. It's Cronin. Oh, okay. It's just I only know what's his name, the director. Um, I have I have this many thoughts. Many oh yeah, I, stacked on top. I put in here thinking something's happening. What about the Ivan Provorov trade? That's a that's that was a, oh that's to Columbus. That's to Columbus. Yeah. Um, Mike Babcock got his guy. I know that's right. Good, good. I don't know. Ivan Provorov. Um, Do we know all the details yet? Oh yes. It was know. like a three-way trade. Ivan Provorov. Uh, gets them Cal Peterson. They get Iron Bro. Cal Peterson, Sean Walker, Helga Grants, a first round pick from LA, a second round pick in 2024 5, and a second round pick in 2024. The Flyers kind of cleaned up on this. I think Peterson's kind of a cap dump as well, wow. but still. Um, and uh, the Kings acquire Hayden Hodgson and Kevin Connaughton, who I think are. Uh, you know, nobody's basically. Yeah, I mean, um, Breer's done a nice bit of business here. Um, yeah, Flyers retained salary and took back a rough contract in Cal Peterson and uh, really got a, you know, I don't want to say a jump start to their rebuild. That might be a little bit of an overstatement, but definitely, you know, made a, a great addition. 
great couple of additions. Helga Granz, I think, is a decent young prospect. And, you know, two years of Cal Peterson at $5 million gives you some leverage over Carter Hart, maybe. Um, yeah, good for them. Good on them. I know they're also, they're also, uh, yeah, I think there's rumors that they are trying to move on from, from uh, Carter Hart too. So we'll see if they make, make that move as well. They will be a very interesting and probably active team. I think uh, they should. I don't know if Carter Hart's future is good or bad, but I think his future in, in uh, Philly is just the, the weight of expectations there has been too hard on him and, Not not too hard on him, like he should have knuckled under, but like there's just too much. There's too much history and baggage there. Um, All right, Ian. Before we sign off, um, you did something this weekend. You uh, traveled to Chicago, as you mentioned. Would you like to tell us why? I went to Chicago because I am a straight male, and I went to go see Taylor Swift. That's Um, right. And with I my wife and she likes she likes taylor swift but and you, you were the driving force one yeah i mean i definitely was the one that said hey we should like we should go to this and she's like yes. oh yeah i would love to go and i was like well yeah we should we should try and get tickets and we got tickets when they came available like in november surprisingly uh, despite everyone else having a lot of issues i mean i had the same issues it's just that after like five hours of just looking or like looking at my phone putting away for a couple minutes looking again and being like oh the line's fucked up then eventually we got through and and got tickets we sat way in back we sat in the literal nosebleeds which is fine for like 75 dollars a pop that's pretty pretty good money spent uh compared to a lot of other people i'm sure on the resale market too so i was like all right cool um soldier field is very large i've been in very few nfl stadiums i think literally just the one here speaking of nfl stadiums mm. have you seen the reno for the jags jaguar stadium oh yeah no i haven't seen it seen it but holy crap how yeah. old is their stadium it's is it old. like the like original gator bowl um yeah it's the one they've always had but like i thought i knew they were renovating it but god dang boy that's gonna be that's gonna make Jacksonville a destination for like Super Bowls and stuff. Oh yeah, we'll have one down there. I'm surprised. Well, I guess if they have an older facility now, it's like I'm surprised they haven't been recently, but I'm sure that's a big draw. But I mean, even the, Soldier Field, T- I was surprised how nice it was. TIA, real quick, sorry to interrupt. TIAA Bank Field is an American football stadium located in Jacksonville, Florida, that primarily serves as the home facility of the Jacksonville Jaguars of the National Football League. And the headquarters of the professional wrestling promotion, all the way around. <laughs> uh, that's just funny. I mean, I know that they are from here and that the cons own them, but still just humorous to me. Anyway, Soldier Field, Taylor Swift, tell us. Uh, it was it was a fantastic show. You don't, you know, you don't need me telling you that. You you know she's gonna put on a great show. Um, it was were you at the one where she swallowed a bug? No, I think that was the one. I think it was the Sunday one. We went to the Saturday one, but I did hear about that yesterday. I was like, "Oh shit, is she okay? Is she dead?" Is Taylor okay? Please, she didn't survive. Please. We, um, I think maybe hours. She gave her her bowler hat or fedora or whatever she's wearing during like the red segment to like this girl in front. Um, and I saw some video of that. And I was like, oh. fucking fainted. Oh yeah, this girl who got interviewed with her mom on some 
Chicago news station. And the mom was like, oh yeah, we got tickets that morning to go. And I was like, okay, so what do you do? Or what does your husband do? Or what do your parents or his parents do? Is one of you named like Home Depot or like Anheuser-Busch? Or like, how did you buy tickets the day of to be like mm. at stage level wow. you rich fucks that's <laughs> like holy shit actually that's what i kind of couldn't get over as i was looking at all the people that were on the at the lower end or like uh, you know on the ground floor and i was like how much money did she make off of just you out of just these people and i mean nothing against you if you got the money go do it it'd be really cool but i'm just like yeah. damn that's like she filled up this entire freaking stadium, not just today, but two other days, and not just here, but every fucking weekend for like a year. I'm like, Jesus, holy hell. Um, I mean, it was great. Like, I will say that I most concerts I've been to have been pretty much like 50-50 split, uh, gender-wise. And I'd say almost every concert I've been to has been people in their 20s or older unless I, when i've gone to point fests and things like that there's you know teenagers and what have you um when they i don't even remember what her first song was when everyone started singing along i was like this crowd has a much higher pitch voice than i've ever heard a crowd singing along which was kind of entertaining but um it was the, oh, what was it i don't know it was probably like 80 20 i would guess mm -hmm. you had your okay so you had your um you had your millennial. I would say most people looked like they were 20 in their mid twenties and younger, but then you had your millennials. You'd see a few people I'm like, you're my age. I know you're my age. I know you're a little bit older uh, than me. You had your moms and some of your dads. Then you had your cool moms and your cool dads. Um, Cause you know, you got your parents. They're like, yeah, it's fun to be here. But then you have the ones that are like dressed up too. Which honestly, if I'm a little girl, I'm like, this is embarrassing. Like, just just look like a mom. You don't gotta like be like Taylor Swift too. I saw someone with a, I saw a woman our age with a, um, I think you should leave shirt on, and I was like, this nice. is, I like this. This is cool. I was like, this is dope. Um, For fifty seconds, did you think it was really real? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I part of me in my head they were she was waiting to like go to the bathroom it's time two other people and Arlene was in the bathroom too somewhere and I was like how do I make like a reference to the show that would be like funny but not weird and uh -huh. I was like and I thought about my head for like half a second I was like nope just don't do anything <laughs> that'd be dumb don't go we're all don't... trying to find the guy who did that. yeah don't go over there and be like it actually goes both ways <laughs> and she'll be like what was it true, as I've heard rumors, that the uh, men's bathrooms were palaces that were empty of all other? Oh, I mean, I'm sure some of them were. They probably were to start. But by the time I went, it was mostly women in there. Like, oh, okay. for real. And I came out. <laughs> I knew that was going to be the case because the lines were so long. Uh, and like, they're basically, you know, there's entrance and exits of the bathroom. And all these people are yelling at guys that are waiting in line. They're like, just go left. Like, because obviously they're not using the urinal. So if you got to pee, just go in this way. Mm -hmm. You know, um, but at one point I was washing my hands next to this mom. And she was like, you didn't think this was going to how I was going to be, did you? And I literally looked her dead in the eyes and I said, yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, how else did I think this is going to fucking go? Like, there's a lot of women here. Shake your hands in her 
Yeah, I, I did. I'm only washing because you're here. Um, That's right. <laughs> but I mean, the concert was great. It was three and a half hours of just her. I mean, they had like openers or whatever. And I was just standing in line looking for like merch and stuff. But like when she started and she's like, this is going to be three and a half hours. And part of me is like, no, it's not. And I'm like, but it was. And I mean, it was fast enough too. like, it didn't feel like I wasn't like, man, this is too long. Um, I will say her when she came, cause she does little sets, you know, of like each album and it doesn't even go in like, you know, sequential order. She came out and did reputation. That shit was lit. Cause for a oh, second I was God, like, okay, you're bops. doing, yeah. Cause I'm like, you're doing, you're doing, you know, some slower stuff. You're doing some of your earlier stuff. And I was like, oh shit, this is the, this is the, uh, yeah. I was like, oh fuck. Yeah, that this is when this is when some of the parents are looking around and they're like, uh oh, yeah, uh oh, this is when this is when my 10 year old probably shouldn't know this one. Yeah, I did like seeing that too. There was like some old, there's like a girl that was like 11 or 12, like in front of us that was into like a lot of her her older stuff and then knew obviously all the brand new stuff, but then anything that was kind of like slow or like folklore, evermore stuff was like, this is talking about some deep, you know teen or 20 something feelings and this girl's like 12 so she's like not standing for those she's like i don't know uh-huh. this one fuck this one yeah. um she sang her zane mallet she did like two songs right they do two songs that are like just for your concert and she uh, did some one with oh god she did one off of like her first album acoustically with some other lady Stephen bridgers Something Meryl, Meryl, something. Uh, what was her name? Uh, yeah, big fat fart. Uh, she was good though. And then she did. A... <laughs> she was a big fat fart. I make the dress coat a big wet diaper. <laughs> <laughs> she did a the Zayn Malik song that uh-huh. like her and Zayn Malik did, like I don't want to live forever yeah. song or something. And this girl behind me, these like teenage girls were like. This one girl goes, I hate the song. She's like, it's not even, she didn't even write all of it. And she's like, and you can tell it's a bad song. I was like, oh, damn. There were like three or four girls behind us that maybe only did this like 5% of the time. But when everyone else is yelling lyrics and, you know, they're all, they're belting them and stuff. These three girls every so often would bloody murder scream the lyrics and it'd be like hey dream and i'm like oh my god i'm like this is not this can't be appealing to even you in your ears to hear your own voice doing this i'm like please you're hurting everyone oh biggest thing though that's like not even necessarily about her performance performance great fantastic i don't know how she does this three nights in a row for three and a half hours I'm like, fuck, this is like too much. <laughs> but mm-hmm. she, or no, when she came out and people were like swaying and dancing and stuff for the first time, um, Soldier Field, because I'm sure it's built this way, because I'm sure if it didn't do this, it would collapse, mm-hmm. uh, has give. There's a give to the stadium. And that's frightening. That's fucking terrifying. People yeah. start moving and I'm like, oh my God, like it's it's over. I guess we're gonna just die. The Taylor Swift show. And I'm looking You're around. The stadium swayed with you. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fucking, 
fucking terrifying. That's like the first time oh, I went God. up to the arch as not a kid and they're like, uh, yeah, it moves like a foot either way. And it's like, oh my God, I can feel it doing that. Um, <laughs> it was just funny because I feel like everyone that was super into the, like super, super into it, all these girls were like, did not look around. It was me and everyone over the age of like 28 that like all started moving their head around like, oh fuck. This could be death you know children don't think they're gonna die but we could die <laughs> uh-huh. um but yeah it was i mean it was a blast like it's one of those things where i was just like i'm glad i went it was is probably gonna be one of if not the biggest concerts i've like ever been to in terms of just, like people and someone at like the height of their powers i was like damn this girl could just like fart into the mic I'm what? like, you all fucking blow. And it would just be like, ah, fucking right. Like, it, it was just, yeah, that, it was insanity. That reminds me. That reminds me. <laughs> oh, no. When, no, 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 no. It's got nothing to do with farts. But uh, when I went to WrestleMania in New Orleans, or uh, this hasn't happened as much the last couple of years, but for many years, WrestleMania, the night after WrestleMania, mm. the Raw, uh, was like the most notorious crazy crowd of everybody because it was all these delirious people who had been to two or three nights of wrestling in a row and mm. many of them had traveled internationally you know it was sold out house and uh, Elias was this was like probably at the height of his you know popularity and he he was a heel but he was like you know one of those heels that people like mm. and so he's doing his thing in the ring and singing a song and he says something and, and the place is just like electric for him the whole time. Like it's insane. Like and you could see he's barely like keeping it together because the whole <laughs> moment is so cool. And, and he says something like, I had to sit out here around amongst a bunch of scumbags in New Orleans. And there's there's a roar, and then the entire crowd starts screaming, We are scumbags. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just great. It was like one of a kind. So uh Ian. I have discovered, we're not going to do it tonight, but there is a tier list that includes every Taylor Swift song ever. Now, I, I'm not a Swifty enough to do the whole thing, but um, I think we should challenge, take on the challenge. Just pick, pick the songs we know. I can do like all of Reputation, all of 1989, all of 1989, Midnight's, um, you know, most of Lover, most of Red. Really get into it. We need to dedicate like an hour on that podcast to do that um oh we're gonna have summertime blues episodes and then and then of course we will have to have an i think you should leave season three tier list and i think we revisit a full tier list of all the sketches and go through uh once we're once we've done that so uh, a lot of summer content plans in the meantime anything more you'd like to say about uh taylor swift in general or the blues or hockey um come to a game t swift you know drop drop the ceremonial puck drop the puck and don't give a fuck as they say so with that in mind we will sign off for the night and bid you adieu but remember um as my profile picture on slack says ian uh be yourself and dream your dreams that's not exactly what it says but it wouldn't load fast enough so now i've got to make an excuse for it be yourself chase your dreams damn that was pretty close and just never say never that's the best advice i could ever give someone that's the great poet taylor swift uh chase your dreams folks and have a lovely evening good night he was a killer first time that i saw him wonder how many girls he had left and left haunted but
was a robber. First time that he saw me, stealing hearts and running up and never saying sorry.